On this week's episode of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast, Cybertruck sightings continue to ramp up as production nears. Tesla tied Lexus for the highest customer satisfaction among luxury car buyers in a new survey. Another major automaker has pledged to support Tesla's North American charging standard and more. What's happening, friends? Ryan McCaffrey joining you from New York City this week as I'm here on business recording episode 421 of Ride the Lightning, your Tesla unofficial podcast for August 27th, 2023. And I was thinking, you know, I don't think I've ever done Ride the Lightning from New York City. I've done it from New Jersey, Boston years ago, Hawaii, Arizona, maybe one or two others. But in any case, I'm stamping another place in my Ride the Lightning passport today. And by the way, before I get started, I am very sorry about the way I sound. It appears to be a sinus infection that I'm now battling, hot on the heels of the mild COVID that I had a couple weeks ago. And just to make matters a little even more interesting, right before I traveled, I woke up in the middle of the night right before my flight to New York with a wicked ear infection as well. So, yeah, I'm not exactly at my best right now, physically speaking, but I have got a great podcast for you that I am really excited to get going on. So let's do just that. First up, following up on last week's call about using pin to drive if the screen goes out on you, the main display... Thank you to listener Cam Johnson and Patreon backers Paul Springfield and Will from Ancaster. And in fact, as the course of the week went on, a bunch of other kind folks as well who wrote in or called in or tweeted me to let me know that not only can pin to drive be enabled or disabled from your Tesla app, but more to the specific scenario laid out by the caller last week. As Cam put it to me in his email, he wrote simply, There is a way to get around it by going into the app, going to controls, and tapping start. This gives the person in the car two minutes to put the vehicle into drive and then drive as normal. One thing to note is that if the vehicle is put into park at all, this process with the app has to be done again. So thank you to Cam, Paul, Will, and a whole bunch of other folks out there who let me know about this. This is good information for me to have, good information for me to tell all of you about. Next up... In this week's NACS Coalition report, yes, this segment is back once again, Honda slash Acura have now signed up to use the North American charging standard. A great report here from autoblog.com who writes, future EVs from Honda as well as its luxury division Acura will have NACS charging setups giving these cars access to Tesla's huge network of supercharger stations. Quote, It is quite important, said American Honda Motor Company president and CEO Noria Kaihara in an interview this past week. It continued, We also have to push NACS as well. It is clear. End quote. As for when this will happen, Honda is currently at the mercy of General Motors. The Japanese automaker's next two EVs, the Honda Prologue and Acura ZDX, 
Use shared architecture with GM, leveraging the General Motors' excellent Ultium battery technology, according to Autoblog. The ZDX will launch first and have the traditional CCS port that isn't compatible with Tesla's chargers, but it will switch to the NACS design in 2025 or 2026. Quote, we clearly depend on GM, said Shinji Aoyama, executive vice president of Honda Motor Company. Once they switch to NACS, this will follow for the ZDX as well, end quote. Looking to the future, Honda is part of a joint venture with seven other global automakers that will see the installation of more than 30,000 EV fast charging stations across the U.S. and Canada. These chargers are still in development, but Honda says the companies are all aligned on the core values that are needed to make this charging network successful. Quote, the software needs to be really reliable and really open infrastructure so it communicates with every OEM's software, said Jay Joseph, American Honda's vice president of sustainability and business development. He continues, the hardware needs to be capable of the highest levels of charging. It needs to be secure. It needs to be reliable. It needs to be accessible, end quote. Joseph said the current public charging companies know and understand the shortcomings with their systems and that Tesla's superchargers set an example of how to do chargers right. Quote, if you look at what's so great about the Tesla supercharger network, it's the maintenance, Joseph said. They stay on top of it. They've got someone on site monitoring the equipment. They're monitoring it electronically and remotely, and they fix it fast. That's probably the most important thing, end quote. So kudos to the leadership of Honda there. They are certainly saying all the right things and better yet, doing the right thing, not just by signing on to the NACS coalition, but by joining in with the other automotive groups in that coalition that's going to build out another big charging network in North America. In fact, I decided to make this the subject of this week's Patreon poll. I asked you all simply, which automaker will adopt NACS next? Lots of votes this week and lots of choices. And uh, the results were rather definitive. 36% of you, way more than any of the other choices, the next closest was 14%. 36% of you said Hyundai Kia, because they are all under one umbrella. The next closest at actually, actually 15%. I should correct myself there, not 14. BMW, 15%. The Volkswagen Group, aka Porsche, Audi, Volkswagen, 14%. Lucid at 12%. Dodge slash Stellantis at 10%. And then it trails off quite a lot. Uh, Toyota, just 6%, which I don't, I don't blame you. Uh, I would not probably pick Toyota for this myself either, but we'll see. We'll see if Hyundai and Kia are indeed next. More good news this week. Tesla has updated their app on iOS, if you're an iPhone user, to now officially sh support shortcuts. So now you can use Siri to give your car a bunch of different voice commands. The list of those commands includes, I'm going to read some to you here, lock Tesla, unlock, Start and stop preconditioning Tesla. Enable sentry mode on Tesla or disable. Enable or disable dog mode on Tesla. And open or close charge port. There's also honk horn. There's, uh, that's one of the categories at least. There's 
bioweapon defense mode is one of the categories. There's just there's a ton of stuff in there, which is really, really great to see. So uh, I, I have tried this out because I do have an iPhone from a few years ago. And for me, start preconditioning Tesla. Of course, you have to queue it up with a Siri command. Start preconditioning Tesla is going to be the one that I personally use the most. That's going to just be the one I find uh, myself going to most frequently. So I'll be curious for all of you, which of these do you think you're going to be using quite a bit? Uh, And by the way, a quick little, maybe a mini pro tip here at the top of the episode rather than the end. I found that even after I updated my Tesla app, because you do need the latest version of the Tesla app on iOS to take advantage of this, I ended up having to restart my phone in order to get the shortcuts app on my phone to recognize and have the list of all the Tesla stuff in it. So if you update your app, you go in there, you don't see the Tesla stuff in the shortcuts, power cycle your phone, and hopefully that should take care of it. Uh, Next this week, a quick Cybertruck follow-up to last week's show when I talked about all of the Cybertruck sightings that have been happening lately. Well, this week we now know with, I'd say, 99% certainty that crash testing has indeed occurred with the U.S. government because there were damaged Cybertrucks under loose tarps that were spotted on the back of a car carrier this past week with the crash test tape on different parts of the vehicle. So it seems like that near final item on the checklist has now happened. We are getting very, very close. In fact, one other piece of, I'll say, total speculation on my part, although I am going to mix in some facts here as well with my speculation, but I have noticed that this past week's Cybertruck sightings, and there were many, that all the Cybertrucks were pretty darn clean. And I'm not just talking about whether they had dirt on them or not, but I'm talking about Aero wheel covers were present on most of the sightings, most of the trucks that were out there running around, as opposed to sightings from previous weeks where they were usually not running around with the aero covers on there. They were usually all fingerprinted up. Sometimes they had testing equipment strapped to them, that kind of thing. The the cars, the trucks, I should say, previous to this past week that would get spotted were generally pretty rough in some way or another. And I just happened to have noticed that to my eye, comparatively speaking, that the trucks this week have been looking much closer to perfect. In fact, one of them was photographed in a parking lot with the occupants inside, and so the truck was on. And you can clearly see in the interior of the vehicle red accent lighting piped around the interior. And now this, I should say, will will likely be customizable. That is speculation. But I can't imagine that it's A, red by default, and just red, period, that being the only color. With, with other automakers that do this, you can customize the lighting, and I'm sure, the color, I should say, on the lighting. And I'm sure you'll be able to do so in your Cybertruck as well. And uh, that particular Cybertruck, you could see the... Well, you can see most of the center screen between, of course, the driver and the passenger that were sitting in this Cybertruck, the two Tesla employees. And you can see that it had the backup camera turned on. And, well, you might think, well, that's 
every Tesla does that, what's the big deal? What I happen to notice, and others caught sight of as well, is that below the large window that shows the backup camera, you have the repeater camera views in smaller windows below that. Except in this picture, you can see part of a of a middle window. Uh, you know, you can only see one and a half uh, of the screens, if you will, of the of the displays, the camera views. But on our cars, there's of course a, a gap in the middle where it's just you know it's it's there's left repeater on the left and then right repeater on the right part part of the screen underneath that big rear camera display. But here there is no just empty gap, there's another camera view. So that I would have to imagine is the lower front bumper camera view. So that was an interesting new piece that we haven't seen yet. So all of this is to say that maybe I'm reaching here, but I think it could also mean, I think there's reason to be optimistic that Tesla is now on their very last checks before production begins. And in fact, further corroborating my little pet theory that they are about to start production, after I made all these notes and uh, that I just told you about, Elon Musk tweeted this week, just drove the production candidate Cybertruck at Tesla Giga Texas with, of course, there's a photo of the truck with him inside. And that particular truck looked super clean, looked very tight in terms of panel gaps, all that stuff. It had its aero wheel covers on. It looked ready to go to at least as far as you can tell from a picture. And I would tell you to note the very slight terminology change. Maybe you picked up on it there, but in case it slipped by your ear, Elon typed production candidate, which is different from the release candidate terminology that we've been hearing. So this could be nothing, but I think it is probably a very deliberate word choice by Tesla, by Elon, that is indicative of Tesla being that much closer to the finish line. In fact, a little bit more food for thought on this topic. After all, it is the headline topic of this week's podcast. So this is airing on August 27th. So I have to think that if if my theory is correct there is a good chance that we are approximately one month away from the launch event of the Cybertruck and thus Cybertrucks officially being out in the wild. One month! Think about that. We have been waiting 3.75 years, three and three quarter years since the unveiling of the Cybertruck, and we might be down to days at this point rather than years, rather than months. Although... To put a little bit of a damper on that, in response to somebody that responded to Elon's picture of him driving the production candidate Cybertruck, and that person said, hey, come on, Elon, let's get get the pricing, let's get the specs, let's get the launch date. Elon responded to that and tweeted, when we are ready to do so, we will. While I think it is our best product ever, it is an extremely difficult product to build. We are in uncharted territory because it is not like anything else. And then there's one other little sign that I think says that we're getting really close. This week, Tesla added a new item 
to the loot box, the referral program loot box, that you can redeem your loot box points for. And that item is an invitation to the Cybertruck launch event in Texas. It will cost you 30,000 loot box points to get your ticket, or three referrals is what that translates to in the real world. And the description of that item reads, Redeem referral credits for an invitation to the upcoming Cybertruck delivery event in Austin, Texas. Invites are first come, first served, and are valid for you and one friend. Travel and accommodation are not included. If you miss your chance to claim, check back later. Additional tickets will be released as the event approaches. Limit one per Tesla account, must be 18 years or older to redeem. All attendees must pass security screening for admittance and are subject to event terms and conditions. Event date to be announced. So, clearly, Tesla is starting to plan the Cybertruck delivery event. I think it is very fair to say that, which certainly is a sure sign that that event is getting close. And I have to tell you, if I would have known that this was going to be a prize, I would have saved some of my loot box credits. I spent mine already. And and realistic, in fact, I spent them on Cybertruck raffle tickets trying to win the truck. Because that's one of the things is if you can enter a Cybertruck raffle for what is described as one of the first Cybertrucks off the line. So given how far back in line I am, since I only put down my reservation months ago, I thought, well, that seems like the best thing I can spend these loot box points on. I would have saved some if I'd have known that this was coming. But uh, hopefully everybody who does refer three people and chooses this as their prize are is going to get a chance to get a ticket. And I guess I might as well put it out there that if anyone does get an invite, whether it's through the loot box or just because you get invited by Tesla, and uh, you would, if you would be so kind as to invite me as your plus one, I would happily buy you a meal as thanks while we're all in Austin. So again, I think this is all going to come up very soon here. I think it's there's a good chance it's going to happen in the next 30 days. And speaking of the Cybertruck, there was one other Elon Musk-related Cybertruck thing to mention this week. It comes not from a tweet, but from an email that he sent to the whole company, and I have verified that this is a real email. And that email says, due to the nature of Cybertruck, which is made of bright metal with mostly straight edges, any dimensional variation shows up like a sore thumb. All parts for this vehicle, whether internal or from suppliers, need to be designed and built to sub-10 micron accuracy. That means all part dimensions need to be to the third decimal place in millimeters, and tolerances need to be specified in single-digit microns. If Lego and soda cans, which are very low cost, can do this, so can we. Precision predicates perfectionism, Elon. So, my question is, is after reading that and knowing that it was just sent this week, will the early run Cybertrucks have to be painstakingly manually adjusted to get the best fit and finish? And then down the road, the tighter spec parts are going to help that process 
that that Elon has just called for. Because I say that with how close Tesla seems to be to production, I would have to imagine that Tesla's already got a decent stash of parts that they've built up that they're probably not just going to throw away. So that's where I'm curious how that's going to go. I, I suspect that these, again, this first batch is probably going to need a little more personal manual attention from the assembly teams, from the, the service center teams, I should say the delivery center teams that are going to hand these off to customers. Uh, one more follow-up from last week, by the way, and this one's on Project Highland. There are photographs of Giga Shanghai's logistics lot, a tip of the hat to X slash Twitter users James Cat, whose Twitter handle is TSLA fan MTL, Tesla fan, I imagine, Montreal, and Tesla Chan, whose handle is T-S-L-A-C-H-A-N. So photographs from those folks who, by their counts, show 180 covered cars in the logistics lot at Giga Shanghai. So why do I bring this up? Well, it'd be one thing to have a few cars undercover at the Gigafactory, but 180 of them? That's raising some suspicion in the sense that these are Project Highland cars. Because after last week's report that Shanghai is now producing nothing but Highlands on their Model 3 line, I would have to believe, at least, I and I do, I, I believe that this these sightings of 180 cars all undercover would seem to corroborate that piece of information that Shanghai is producing nothing but Highlands. Don't you agree? I mean, it seems like we're getting very close on Highland as well. Hey, before I get started with the other news stories for this week, I hope all of you that are kind enough to be backing me at that $10 a month tier or higher on Patreon enjoyed this week's bonus round, the, uh, Lightning, the lightning round, as I call it, the bonus mini episode that I do every week on Patreon. This one was the audio of the panel that I hosted at the Tesla Takeover event last month. I got permission from the kind folks at the Tesla owners of Silicon Valley who had recorded it, filmed it, and they posted it online. So I reached out and they gave me permission to share the audio here on the podcast. So I did want to share that 32-minute panel with those of you on Patreon. And by the way, if you're not already backing me on Patreon, I hope at some point you will feel compelled and ready to do so, because as I hope is clear, a lot of effort, a lot of love, a lot of time, a lot of energy goes into this podcast, whether I'm healthy or, or battling a sinus infection and, and an ear infection. Uh, I'm here for you every week, as long as my voice still works. And uh, of course, the podcast is free, but if you'd like to voluntarily support the podcast on Patreon, you can do so by going to my Patreon page found at patreon.com slash Podcast. There's a seven-day free trial option specifically for that $10 a month tier. And I remind you, the $10 a month tier gets you not only the current week's lightning round bonus mini episode, but all of them. And there are now 60 of those. So there's a whole bunch of them in there. Uh, you'll also, at that $10 a month tier, get the early access to each week's show. And I am recording this week's show, this very episode, on Thursday, 
which is earlier than my usual Friday night time, because I am going to be on my way down. Uh, I guess I'll just share this story real quick because I, I won't risk anyone in my family hearing it unless they're Patreon backers, I guess. I don't think they are, so I'm going to take the risk. But as uh, I mentioned last week that I'm renting my a Tesla for the first time, I'm doing a Hertz Model 3 rental. And as it so worked out, it's just a, an awesome coincidence. My uncle, who lives in New Jersey, so I don't get to see him too often, is uh, some family is, is renting a house down on the Jersey Shore for the weekend to celebrate uh, my uncle's 70th birthday party. And in fact, my mom is flying in from Arizona for this. So I've let a couple of the involved family members know, but not my not the birthday boy and not my mom. So I'm renting my Model 3 from Hertz tomorrow evening, and I'm going to drive down uh, from, from New York City here to the, to the Jersey Shore and surprise, surprise them. And I'm really looking forward to it. Not just, I mean, mostly to see everybody, but it'll be nice to visit the uh, New Jersey Shore at Long Beach Island as well. So anyway, um, I, I'm sorry, that, that I got off onto a little tangent there. So let's get back to the podcast which is, although at least it was a Tesla related tangent. Moving on here, Tesla has tied Lexus for the lead in customer satisfaction among luxury automakers, according to a new study. I saw this reported on Teslarati this week, and they write the American Customer Satisfaction Index, ACSI is a national indicator of the quality of economic output for goods and services and helps consumers make decisions based on the experiences of others. The index was developed at the University of Michigan and helps track customer satisfaction among more than 400 of the largest companies in the United States. The ACSI released its 2023 study for the American automotive industry, which revealed Tesla had tied Lexus for the lead among luxury automakers. Last year, Lexus scored an 84 out of 100. This year, the company slid just one point to 83, while Tesla improved from 79 to 83 to tie Lexus for the top spot. Quote, for these younger buyers, technology is the driving factor, the survey said. In this area, luxury vehicles live up to the hype. They outperform the mass market by a score of 83 to 78. Well, I'm not saying that Tesla doesn't necessarily still have some work to do in the build quality department, but hopefully this is at least some kind of legitimate indication that they are improving. I mean, if you think about it, the noise around build quality on Teslas has, at least to me in my observation, quieted noticeably overall. Again, I'm not saying it's gone, but I think it has been calmed down a bit. But build quality, I, I bring that up because build quality, not only is it only one aspect of customer satisfaction, but I bring it up because Lexus has long had a reputation for having really good build quality. Now with Tesla, I imagine that the performance, the smooth ride, the autopilot driver assistance features, and fun software bits like, you know, the light show, the fart mode, etc., all add up to help Tesla tie Lexus for that number one score among luxury automakers. Congratulations to the entire Tesla team. That is awesome to see. 
Next this week, I have to turn from a, a good story to a bad one, sadly. An insider has breached the personal data of 75,000 Tesla employees. The Washington Examiner said the incident affected present and former Tesla employees. This comes via Drive Tesla Canada, who writes, The data breach occurred on May 10th, and Tesla promptly began to inform the affected employees. The automaker blamed insider wrongdoing for the breach. Among the leaked data were social security numbers. However, Tesla reported no evidence the data had been misused. In its message to the affected workers, Tesla said, quote, a foreign media outlet named Handelsblatt informed Tesla on May 10th that it had obtained Tesla confidential information. The investigation revealed that two former Tesla employees misappropriated the information in violation of Tesla's IT security and data protection policies and shared it with the media outlet. The outlet has stated that it does not intend to publish the personal information and in any event is legally prohibited from using it inappropriately, end quote. Tesla added that two staff members have been identified as the alleged culprits and sued in court. Tesla is offering 12 months of Identity Works credit monitoring and identity theft services from Experian. Well, this has got to be at least a bit unnerving for the many, many, many affected employees here. I mean, I'm glad to hear that there's no immediate evidence that that personal information has been misused. I mean, my heart really does go out to them because it's scary. I mean, that's scary stuff. Hopefully, none of them have suffered any serious identity theft-related issues. And, hey, I'm glad that Tesla's throwing the book at the offenders here. I mean, not only is that the right thing to do in order to seek justice for the employees impacted by this, but you basically have to, if you're Tesla, so that you send a message to any future would-be identity thieves that there are going to be serious consequences for this kind of illicit behavior. All right, I've got a couple more stories for you this week, and let's we can pivot back to the fun stuff now. First up, I don't talk about every new product that hits the online Tesla shop, but this one is definitely worth mentioning. Tesla has unveiled a new universal wall connector. It's $595. It says orders will begin shipping in October, and Tesla calls it, quote, the only home charging option that can charge any electric vehicle in North America, end quote. The product page on shop.tesla.com describes it as such. Universal Wall Connector is a convenient charging solution for Tesla and non-Tesla electric vehicles alike and is ideal for houses, apartments, hospitality properties, and workplaces, end quote. So it can add up to, this will sound familiar if you have a, a wall connector already, it can add up to 44 miles of range per hour at 11.5 kilowatts on a 48 amp outlet. It has an integrated J170, uh, excuse me, J1772 adapter to conveniently charge any electric vehicle and an auto sensing handle to open a Tesla charge port. There's a little demo video on the website and if you push a little button on it to use it with the J1772 adapter on it, it's basically uh, like a magic dock. You know, I've talked about those superchargers that have started to roll out. 
It's, so it's basically a magic dock for your home charger, which is which is kind of neat. And from the looks of it, it seems to be a really clever design. And if you're also curious, it looks exactly like the existing Tesla-only wall connector, which means it looks really nice. It has a nice, clean, sleek look to it. Now, if you have either an EV from another automaker alongside your Tesla, or you plan to get one soon, i.e. before pretty much everybody switches over to the NACS plug in 2025, then I would think that this seems like a no-brainer of a purchase if you've got uh, a, a place in your in your uh, living area, you know, whether it's garage or, or wherever you may happen to live. If you've got a spot to put it, it seems like uh, definitely a solid way to go. Finally this week, Tesla appears to be planning to launch a rental program in Texas. I saw this on Tesla Roddy, who wrote up the story based on Tesla tipster Sawyer Merritt's initial tweet when Sawyer had spotted the job listing about this. So Tesla Roddy writes, Tesla is seeking a program manager in business development out of its headquarters in Austin, Texas. But the details of on the excuse me of the job description paint a picture that the automaker is heading toward launching its own rental program, presumably for those who have been involved in a collision. The job responsibility states that the person selected will help quote lead in the launch of the Tesla rental program in Texas and will quote support the team on launching a small pilot in all Texas collision sites end quote. The job posting also specifically states that the new program would be launched in, quote, any airports for the Tesla employee pilot. The posting is focused on both collision and rentals as glass repair optimization and supporting all new business development projects and launches are also main parts of the job. Well, I have to say this is unexpected, although in typical Tesla fashion, it makes sense when you think about it, right? That seems to, I, I find myself arriving at that conclusion a lot when I think about and talk about these new ventures that Tesla gets into. I mean, for folks who've had the misfortune of having to get collision repair on their Tesla, I have heard from so many of those folks lamenting how they get stuck driving an internal combustion engine rental car for the duration of their car's repair, whether that's two weeks or two months. So if Tesla is going to test out rentals specifically as collision repair loaners, that's, I think, will do absolutely no less than make a stressful, miserable situation for those Tesla owners measurably less stressful and less miserable. Because, you know, if, you're, if your car's suffered collision damage, that's stressful enough. And then, you know, you got to deal with a, with a, some sort of rental that's not preferred compared to your Tesla while you wait for whether it's a couple weeks or a couple months. So I love to see this. This is a great pilot program for Tesla to get into. Now, uh, I don't really see this as competing with Hertz, who, of course, made their own big bet with EVs, including a whole bunch of Teslas starting last year. To me, this seems like a very targeted, very specific use case and obviously, Tesla's piloting this in Texas to start with, and maybe they're doing that for some kind of regulatory reason, like maybe it's easier legally 
to get this ramp ramped up and running there. I'm not sure. That's my educated guess. But I do hope it goes well in Texas so that we might see this expanded nationwide and perhaps eventually worldwide to every market that Tesla is in. Also, by the way, let's take a quick updated look at the list of things that Tesla is vertically integrating at this point. There's, of course, car manufacturing, battery manufacturing, drivetrain manufacturing, seat manufacturing, their own software, all in-house, driver assistance systems, autopilot, car insurance, lithium refining, home battery storage, large-scale battery storage, solar, and now car rentals. And by the way, I'm sure I'm missing a whole bunch of other parts that other car companies outsource that Tesla just goes ahead and vertically integrates and makes in-house. All right, that is everything I've got for you in another action-packed week of Tesla news. But I've got your phone calls queued up and ready to go in the Ride the Lightning hotline coming up right after this. This week's Ride the Lightning is brought to you in part by my friends at Accelerate Auto, who offer that very excellent X-Care extended warranty coverage specifically designed for your Tesla. I've got a policy myself, three years, 40,000 miles is what I've got. But you can customize yours to whatever you need. You don't have to just do Tesla's fixed two-year, 25,000-mile extended coverage plan. Xcare offers up to 10 years and 125,000 miles of coverage after your factory warranty is up, and you can opt into it anytime. You don't have to do it before your factory warranty is up, and Xcare offers all the same things that Tesla's own extended warranty policy does, including $100 deductibles, 24-7 roadside assistance, but Xcare also offers rental reimbursement and trip interruption coverage which Tesla does not. So check them out. See which plan is right for you. Go to accelerateauto.com slash xcare. That's X-C-E-L-E-R-A-T-E-A-U-T-O dot com slash X-C-A-R-E. And don't forget to use the discount code LIGHTNING for $100 off of your purchase. And with that, let's get the Ride the Lightning hotline started. I've got a whole bunch of your outstanding phone calls queued up and ready to go, but I welcome new ones. If you hear something on this week's podcast that you'd like to respond to, whether it's something that I talked about earlier in the news section, or you'd like to respond to a fellow caller here that I'm about to play, you can call in any time. There are two easy ways to do so. Either use your smartphone's built-in voice recording software, record your question, and please try to keep it to 90 seconds or less so that I can get to as many people each week as possible. And then email that file to me at my Ride the Lightning email address, which is teslapodcast at gmail.com. Or you can take that same 90-second or less call and just leave a message on the Ride the Lightning hotline anytime, day or night. It's a toll-free number, and that number is 1-888-989-8752. Again, that's one 888 
989-TSLA. And if you know someone special with an upcoming birthday, anniversary, graduation, or some other special occasion, you can give them a unique gift of recorded voices from friends and family telling them why they're special. The recordings can be podcasted or put onto a keepsake. Visit lifeonrecord.com to learn more. We're going to kick it off with Joel from the Space Coast of Florida. Hello, Ryan, Daisy, and team. This is uh, Joel from the Space Coast of Florida. I'm a very long-time listener, first-time caller, and I'm probably one of the few Tesla fans who is actually thankful for the long lead time we're seeing with the Cybertruck. I'll tell you why with my question, pertaining to how the Tesla reservation system works. I placed my $100 reservation on the Cybertruck in May of 2022, but I'm hoping not to purchase it until mid or late 2025, when I will actually have cash to pay for it. If Tesla does absolutely awesome with production and my reservation comes up ready prior to mid or late 2025, is there a method to delay my purchase without going to the back of the line? Or should I just go ahead and place a second $100 reservation now with the probability it won't be ready for a while? I figured you'd be um, the best person I can ask, the best person I know for advice. Um, Thank you for your show. I love listening to you and have an awesome day. Hi, Joel. Welcome to the hotline and thank you very much for the kind words. I appreciate it. I can give you a pretty confident answer here, not a definitive one, because nobody outside of Tesla has that, at least at this point, but based on how it went with the Model 3, which was the last time that Tesla had both a very, very long reservation list and were ramping a product from scratch, I can tell you that there should be no need to put down another reservation. If your place in line comes up before you're ready, Just don't place your order until you're ready. Lots of folks did this with the Model 3. You will not be bumped to the back of the line. You can just go ahead and complete your order after you've been invited, whenever you're ready to do it. And I hope that helps. Now, one day, Tesla will will send an email out to anybody that hasn't actually gone ahead with their Cybertruck reservation to say, hey, put in your order by this date or we're just going to refund your $100 but that's going to be much, much further down the road, and it should not apply in your case. Next up this week, here's Philip from Kansas City, Missouri. Hey, Ryan. Love the podcast. This is Philip from Kansas City, Missouri. Uh, I unfortunately have to rant a bit. Um, I've had pretty positive experiences with the service center here in Kansas City. However, the most recent experience was extremely disappointing. Uh, My wife and I went and purchased a demo Model Y, and when placing the order, we were told multiple times, although both employees are going to say that they didn't say it, we were told that it definitely has hardware 4. We took delivery, and I wasn't 100% sure how to tell the difference at the time, um, and I unfortunately trusted the employees that helped us purchase the car. If you haven't figured it out, this Y does not have hardware 4. So when I approached the supervisor uh, see if they would right the wrong, I was told that they would try to make it right and go above their boss. Again, trusted them to uh, you know, do the right thing. And it was also mentioned that because we had transferred our FSD, we wanted to have hardware 4. 
that also came back disappointing and we were told even if we purchased a new Y that had hardware 4 they would not transfer our FSD again so needless to say uh, I was really hopeful that my team out here in Kansas City could pull through but time after time it's been really disappointing and feels like Tesla really doesn't care about the uh, customer like they used to. But wishing you all the best. Thanks. Bye. Hey, Philip. Well, I can hear the defeated tone in your voice, and I completely understand why. This is an awful outcome. Yes, it's a small sample size and not necessarily indicative of the overall level of, cu of Tesla's customer service, nor does it invalidate anybody else's awesome experience who may have had really great above and beyond customer service in a similar situation at another Tesla store. But the thing is, every person matters and every incident like this matters because these are huge purchases that we're talking about here. For many, if not most of us, our car is either the biggest or second biggest purchase in our lives with a home probably being the only thing bigger. So you want to feel good about that purchase and not have any bad feelings or regrets about it. I wish that I could offer you a surefire helping hand, Philip, but instead I have just one thought that occurs to me might be worth trying to chase down. See if you can get your local Tesla store manager to escalate it all the way to Tom Zhu. Remember that Tom now runs all of Tesla sales and service for North America. I mean, heck, if it were me, I would try guessing at his email address and emailing him myself. I would just guess every variation of what his email address might be that you can think of and put those in the BCC field so it doesn't look like obvious spam if one of those is correct and actually does reach him. I mean, again, I really wish there was a better and more formal way to communicate with the Tesla executive team for stuff like this. But sadly, that is all I have to offer you today. But I do wish you good luck. Thank you for your call. Paul from Connecticut is next, responding to Aaron from Connecticut from last week. Hey, Ryan, it's Paul from Connecticut calling about feedback you recently had in episode 420 from Aaron from Connecticut. The feature that was mentioned that he quite liked in his Hertz Model Y that he rented is called Auto Cancel Turn Signals. And that feature came out with a software update in December of 2022 for all Hardware 3 equipped vehicles. So in my home, I have a 2018 that was upgraded to Hardware 3 and a 2020 Model 3 standard range without autopilot. So the first one has full, full self-driving autopilot. None of that matters. All you really need is Hardware 3 and this Auto Cancel feature works and it's found under the control menu inside your uh, on-screen display. Go to lights and then look for the option called auto turn signals. Off is the default and that's probably what he, uh, Aaron has in his uh, own Teslas or other Teslas he's driven besides the Hertz vehicle. And then auto cancel, which is on for auto turn signals. That's probably what he had on, that is what he had on, on his rented Model Y that he quite liked. So there you have it. Hopefully that feedback helps other listeners. Thank you so much for years of huge contributions to the EV enthusiast community. Bye for now. Paul, thank you very much for that. 
In fact, I think I completely glossed over that key point of Aaron's call last week, so I appreciate your thorough explanation. And for what it's worth, I absolutely adore this feature since it was added to the Model 3s and the Model Ys. I love it. I use it every day, and it works, I would say, like 98% of the time. Sometimes the the blinker won't turn off when, when I think it should, but it works remarkably well. And as Paul noted in the email that accompanied his call, let's also hope that cloud profiles can be restored to Hertz Tesla rentals soon as well. Next up this week, Kirk from Hawaii. Aloha, Ryan. This is Kirk from Hawaii. Since we're talking about rental cars, uh, I would advise not to rent a Tesla if you're traveling to Hawaii. Uh, specifically if you're going to be on Oahu, we have one supercharger and it's consistently 20 minute wait up to an hour minute wait around the clock. So it's pretty miserable experience. And as a tourist, I'm assuming you don't want to wait around hours for a level two charger. A lot of those around here don't work either too. So there's some works on getting some new superchargers on Oahu, but it's taking forever. Just not a whole lot of land and a lot of regulations here. Anyway, take care. Hope that helps somebody out. Aloha. Well, Kirk, even though that tip is born out of an unfortunate thing of there not being enough superchargers in Hawaii, that is a wonderful tip there. Thank you very much. When my family and I were fortunate enough to go to Kauai for spring break, I considered it. I was like, yeah, maybe I should rent an EV while I'm there. Maybe I can try and get a Tesla since the island's relatively small, right? But not only were there none available from Hertz or anyone else that I could see, at least on Kauai, but that same thought did occur to me as well. I just did not want to have to deal with public charging if we needed it, knowing that in Kauai's case, there were zero superchargers on the island. Since we were driving enough all around the island for the week that the that we were there that, well, maybe I would need to charge up at some point. So anyway, hopefully Tesla gets more superchargers onto Oahu and also brings them for the first time to the other Hawaiian islands as well. My final caller this week is Will from Ancaster responding to the anonymous caller last week about the Model 3 and Model Y steering wheel revision. Hey, Ryan, it's Will from Ancaster here. Just a quick response to your unnamed caller this week uh, about the, the steering wheel issue. I got the exact same email from Tesla when I booked service to have my yoke uh, replaced yet again on my Model S because it's already been done once because of uh, corner peeling there still. Um, and they told me the exact same thing, wait until I think it was October or November um, because they've got a, a new one coming. So they must be redoing all the steering wheels for uh, for replacements when this happens. I guess it's a common thing on all of them. So anyway, that's about it. Thanks. Take care. I appreciate that info, Will. Since you're in Canada, I wonder if it's October, November for every new SNX owner affected by this, meaning that the July date that I had reported on previously has been pushed back, or if it has indeed been made available for owners in the US and the October, November ETA is when it's going to be available up in Canada. So if there are any new S or X owners in the United States, out there that can let me know if you've either A, received the same email Will did, or B, 
you already got your newly revised yoke installed. I would love to know so that I can have that information and share the most accurate information with all of you possible. Thank you very much, Will. Thanks to everybody that kindly took the time to call in. I will get to more of your phone calls next week. And again, if you want to call in, I welcome and invite you to do so. I gave you the call-in information and instructions at the top of this segment. But I'm not done yet. There is some more Ride the Lightning waiting for you right around this corner. Hi, this is Franz von Holzhausen, and you're listening to Ride the Lightning with Ryan McCaffrey, the Tesla unofficial podcast. Well, as for what's going on with me, aside from the maladies, the annoying maladies that I mentioned at the top of the podcast, I am happy to be in New York City, and I will be renting that Model 3 from Hertz tomorrow, so that'll be fun. Although, last night, I did partake in some New York pizza, and trying to decide where to get pizza in New York, I mean, you can't just take the attitude of, well, it's all New York pizza, so just walk in anywhere, but of course... That's not how my brain works. I wanted to find, well, what are some of the, like, what do New Yorkers think is the best pizza? And I'd heard a lot of good things about this place called Scars, S-C-A-R-R. And sure enough, made my way over there. That was really, really good pizza. So anyway, uh, I'm grateful to have had that opportunity. And next week, when I am done with it, I will tell you all about that Hertz Model 3 rental experience. As for an entertainment recommendation this week, not Tesla-related, but car-related, I'm thinking of going to see that Back to the Future musical that I've, I've actually heard really good things about it that's opened on Broadway here. I think I might have a free evening during my time here, so we'll see how that works out. And if I do end up checking it out, I'll let you know what I thought of it. All right, time for your Tesla Pro Tip of the Week. It comes from Gunner in Denver. Hey Ryan, this is Gunnar here in Denver, Colorado. I drive a Tesla Model 3 and I have a bit of a pro tip for you and your listeners, or at least it's something that I wish I knew about the car. A couple weeks ago I was uh, getting ready to leave my house and I went out into the garage, put my dog in the back seat and uh, closed the door. I went to go open the front door to get into the car and the door didn't open. I opened the app and it wouldn't load the car. I pulled out the credit card key and using that, I couldn't unlock the car or do anything. Basically, the car was completely bricked with my golden retriever in the back seat. And I recognize that this is kind of a worst case scenario, but what ended up happening was the 12 volt battery for the car that runs all the auxiliary systems, it died without giving me any like warning or notice about it before it was gonna happen. Um, Luckily, I was in the garage. It was a cool day, so I didn't have to worry about my dog. But I called Tesla Roadside Service. Um, They dispatched out a tow truck. And I remember talking to the Tesla employee saying, like, hey, uh, you know, I'm pretty handy. I'm in my garage. I have a lot of tools. Is there anything I can do um, to get my car or to get my car to unlock so I can get my dog out uh, instead of waiting for the tow truck? And the representative assured me that there was nothing I could do. I just had to sit tight and wait for the tow truck to arrive and then they could do whatever they needed to get the car unlocked. Um, And I remember, uh, luckily, it only took the tow truck driver about like you know, 30 minutes, 35 minutes and to get here to unlock the car, which was fine. Everything was good. Um, the dog was safe and I didn't have to break any windows luckily. Uh, but when the tow truck driver got here, what she ended up doing was, um, she just used a 12 volt battery and behind the little plug on the front bumper where you attach the tow hook, 
Um, there's two electrical wires there and she jumpered her 12 volt battery across those wires and that popped open the front trunk. And then from there she was able to access the 12 volt battery and provide a jump to the car, which then let me unlock everything with the phone and with the key card, I could get my dog out. Um, we towed it to Tesla service. They, uh, ran a diagnostics and they couldn't tell why the 12 volt battery died without notifying me. Um, but it definitely was the 12 volt battery. So we got that swapped out. No issues there. Um, I just wish that the Tesla employee would have told me that, Hey, if you have a 12 volt battery, you can jumper the car by removing this piece, uh, and that will let you open everything up. Um, so I just wanted to pass this along to any of your listeners or yourself, um, just to put in your memory bank of, Hey, if this happens, um, here's how I can get into my car. Cause if it was, if my car was outside on a hot day or a kid in the back seat, I probably would have had to break a window to get into the car. So just something I wish I would have known. Hope you're having a great day. Tell Daisy that we said hi and give her some pets. Thanks. Bye. Gunner, I am so sorry to hear that this happened, but as you noted, thank goodness it was a cool day for your dog and you were in your own garage. What are the odds, though, of it failing with no warning like that right after you just unlocked the car and put your dog inside? I'm also glad that you received prompt service from Tesla Roadside. So thank you for the file it away for future reference tip on this. Now that we know the cars are supposed to give you a warning on the screen for when it's almost time to replace that 12 volt battery so that this exact kind of situation is avoided. And obviously that warning system isn't perfect. Maybe it just can't be, but I'm glad it uh, there was real no, no real harm done at the end of the day. And thank you for passing along your story and your wisdom on this. If anybody else out there has a Tesla Pro Tip of the Week that you'd like to share with me and your fellow Tesla owners and enthusiasts, please send it my way, the same way that you send in the regular Ride the Lightning calls, which I told you how to do a little earlier in the podcast. All right, before I go, let me mention a few friends of the podcast that can hopefully be of use to you at some point, whether it's this week or some point down the road. I'll start with abstractocean.com. They make so many different excellent aftermarket accessories for all four Teslas that are currently in production, whether it's the rear footwell lighting kit, which I think is especially awesome for the Model Y, the fourth generation screen uh, uh, glass screen protectors for all four cars, whatever it is that you might think is pretty cool, Odds are it's going to be on abstractocean.com and probably some things that you haven't thought of as well. So take a look over there, abstractocean.com. If you see anything you like, throw it into your online shopping cart. And to get 15% off of your first order, use the coupon code RTLPODCAST at checkout. That's RTLPODCAST, all one word, no spaces, to get that 15% off of your first order. The snap plate is awesome for the three Y, X, and S. And it is, for those of you out there who need or want a front license plate bracket for your Tesla because you are legally required or just want to have that front license plate on the front of the car, but you don't want to use Teslas because Teslas uses a sticky automotive tape, meaning if you ever try to get it off, you're going to have a bad time. It's going to leave some residue behind that's not going to be great for your car. So the snap plate 
is a clean, minimalist design that blends perfectly with the Tesla front end when it's installed and leaves no unsightly anything behind when it's removed. Make those fix-it tickets go away for those of you like me who hate using that front license plate. The snap plate's the way to go if you need or want one. Get yours at everyamp.com slash RTL. On the solar front, I'm sure you're going to try Tesla Solar, as I did, but if for whatever reason it doesn't work out with Tesla Solar, I encourage you to at least put budget-safe solar on your list of companies to look into. You can find them on BudgetSafeSolar.com. They do now also install home battery storage as well as just solar panels, so they can give you the entire closed-loop, closed-system package. Uh, They will do a nice custom build for you as they did for me in terms of just maximizing your space rather than just looking at your house on on Google satellite view and saying, well, this is what we think we can do. No, they will will get in there with you and give you some personalized attention and make sure you're getting the best system possible for your home or business. So if you do choose to have a solar system installed, please use the referral code RTL. And again, that's budgetsafesolar.com. Immaculate Reflections whose website is irdetailing.com, is offering a nice discount, a nice ongoing discount for listeners of this podcast if you have any detailing services done while you're there. So if you're in or going to be in the greater San Francisco Bay Area, bring your car on over to Immaculate Reflections to get perhaps some paint protection film on some or all the car. Maybe you want to do paint correction to get the paint finish looking as good as it possibly can. Maybe you want to do ceramic coating so that the car is protected from sun damage. It's basically a next generation wax. You don't have to wax the car. You don't have to touch it for the next three to five years in that department because the ceramic coating will last. It will do the job that wax has traditionally done in the automotive space up until the last, what, maybe half decade or so, something like that. Ceramic's awesome. I have it on my car. Anyway, go to irdetailing.com, and when you reach out to uh, to the folks at Immaculate Reflections through there, mention in your message that you're a Ride the Lightning listener, and there's that nice little discount waiting for you. PureTesla.com slash RTL is your one-stop shop for your dash cam and sentry mode setups. 49 bucks will get you the 128 gigabyte. Boy, I can't speak anymore here at the end of the podcast. I apologize. 49 bucks for the 128 gigabyte kit, $69 for the 256 gigabyte kit. Both are shipped free anywhere in the US. Both come fully formatted for the Tesla cam and are ready to go right out of the package. Just plug them straight into your car and you're all set. You won't have to worry about not having or having a, you know, an unreliable dash cam setup cuz the pure Tesla kit is micro SD based. And it is a great way to go. So get yours at puretesla.com slash RTL. Meanwhile, my Patreon can be found at patreon.com slash Podcast, And that is the way that you can voluntarily choose to support my efforts here at Ride the Lightning, if you so choose. And I hope at some point, maybe today's the day, maybe this, this week's the week, maybe you know it's coming up soon. But I hope at some point, you will feel that I have earned your support and you will pledge that support, which you can do at patreon.com slash Tesla podcast. As I mentioned at the top of the show, 
There are several tiers, each with stacking rewards. So the higher up you go, you get all the rewards for the tiers below you. So if you do go with that $10 a month tier that's most popular, you'll get not only the early access to each week's show that the $5 tier gets, but then you'll get that weekly lightning round bonus mini episode that I do for the $10 and up tier on Patreon each and every single week. So again, uh, patreon.com slash Podcast on that. Uh, you can subscribe or follow, I guess I should say. I should phrase that better. Follow or subscribe to this podcast totally for free on whatever your favorite podcast service is, whether it's iTunes, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, Spotify, or YouTube Podcasts. And if you do want to find me on YouTube, all the shows are there. There's no video, but if you just if listening via a tab in your browser on YouTube is, is convenient for you, go for it. Just search Ride the Lightning Tesla on YouTube, and you should find my channel pretty easily there. If you need a referral link for purchasing a new Tesla to get the discount and get all the perks and benefits from that, hopefully, again, you've got somebody in your life, a friend, family member, coworker, etc., whose code you can use. But if you just need a code to get those benefits, I'm here for you. You can use mine. Just type ts.la slash Ryan73014 into your browser. That will take you to the design studio where you can configure your car, order your car, and it will do so with those referral benefits baked in. As long as you use that referral link, that's the way to go. Follow me on Twitter slash X, as well as Instagram. I'm the same handle on both, DMC underscore Ryan. You can email me anytime. My email address is teslapodcast at gmail.com. And before I go, I want to say hello and thank you to the Plaid, Maximum Plaid, and Roadster in Space tier backers. I'll start with the grandfathered in Plaid crew this week. This tier is no longer offered, but these kind folks continue to back me and support me at that tier, and so they get grandfathered in on all the perks that they should get for that. So a big thank you goes out to George Cassioppo, David Brander, Logan Willis, Peter Chalet, Eric Randolph, Dory and Steve Guberman, the Tesla owners of Taiwan, Ron Lee, Charlie Gillespie, David Perella, Dennis Peak, Jeff Angwin, Chase Cabanillas, the Lydia family, Aaron Altschul, Jared Brown, Jerome Strack, Jamie Dalton, the Tesla Owners East Bay Club, Mike and Barbara from Louisville, David J. Howes, Matt Nixon, the Tesla Owners Club of Wisconsin, Ish, not Elon Musk in quotes, Peter, and the Bear Boys of Colorado. Next, I'll go to the Maximum Plaid backers. A big thank you goes out to Jonathan Wales, Cameron Clark, Daniel Grummer, Seth Capello, Nick and Tony, the Galpin family, Ryan from Las Vegas, Darren Nickel, Kaz Barnes, Brett Libano, and my voice is going, I do apologize, Patrick Wisniewski, I'm almost there, Gil Cabrera, Watley, Mark Eversoll, Todd Badger, Joe Edgel, Kevin Yank, the Tesla Owners Club of San Joaquin Valley, Michael Williams, Will Stedman, Derek Nesselrote, Justin Perez, Jeremy Harris, Chris Beach, Tom Mills, Corey O'Donnell, Aaron, John Cody, Joel Sapp, 
Paul Casarino, Richard Corley, Chris Osborne, KB, We Drive Tesla EV Luxury Car Rental in Oahu, Chris Pratt, Ken Epstein, Doug Carey, James Gregory, Adam Lavoy, ContactOneCallCenter.com, Jason Chalukas, Travis Krenzel, Bruce Otterstein, Tom Behan, Josh Pennington, Matt Kalen, John from Cream Ridge, New Jersey, Sean Tisdale, and Dustin Hart. Thanks to all of you for your very generous support. And a big thanks to the very generous folks at the Roadster in Space tier. They are Pete White, Lyle Austin, Steve Radspinner, Fernando Cordero, Lawton from Chicago, Sean Neidig, Neil Weaver, Jackson Wallace, Rolf and Jennifer Evers, Howard Anthony Smith, Victoria Iacovetto, Tesla Hitchhiker 42, Carol Weston, Robert from near Philly, and Chase Lancaster. All right, that brings me to the end of Ride the Lightning episode 421, recorded live from New York City, uh, not far from Times Square. Anyway, um, I am going to go and find some dinner, I think, here in New York. See what uh, see what other delicious food I can I can get my hands on. I got to take it easy with the pizza though, because I'm not really good with the dairy. My body, I, I've I've had my ups and downs, and I'm technically lactose intolerant. But the the lactate tablets help. I, I won't go so far. Ice cream doesn't end well, but pizza. I guess it's you know you get it a little. When it's not in its purest form, you get it in cheese form rather than just like straight milk form. Uh, my body can can deal with it, but it's not something I need to make a habit of. So uh, had the pizza last night, probably going to have to find something else tonight. But in any case, I hope all of you are well. Uh, I hope you enjoyed Ride the Lightning episode 421. Cybertruck's getting close. I'm, I'm, I can feel it. Like I was saying at the top of the podcast, it is going to get real fun real fast. I mean, hopefully every, at least every week for me is fun. But thank you all so much for listening, for taking your valuable time to spend it with me here on Ride the Lightning. Happy electric motoring, and I'll see you back here next week. I mean, I think a Tesla is the most fun thing you could possibly buy ever. That's what it's meant to be. Our goal is to make... It's, it's not exactly a car. It's actually a thing to maximize enjoyment. It's maximum fun.